welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Welcome, everybody. Episode number 103 of Get Paid for Your Pad. First of all, apologies for missing an episode last week. I've been really busy. I'm here in Vegas working on the program, and uh, it's been super intense. So, unfortunately, I had to miss one episode, but now I'm back. And I'm here with Chris Lee from New York. And Chris is an super host. He's also an active member of the Couchsurfing community. So we're going to talk all about that. Well, Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jasper. Pleasure to be here. How are you doing today? It's a little hot and humid in New York City, but, but you can't complain. Uh, it's a great city to live in. Yeah, we're just talking about it. I'm I'm in Vegas right now, and you know it's it's like 115, 120 degrees almost sometimes, and um, because but because the air is so dry, it doesn't it doesn't really feel like it's that hot. You know, you're not sweating, so that's uh, a little bit different in New York. Yeah, and stay away from those slot machines, Jasper. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really uh, into those. Uh, I don't really uh, enjoy sitting in front of a bunch of uh, you know bunch of fruits <laughs> and uh, you know, pulling <laughs> pulling a stick every like five seconds. It always surprises me actually uh, when I'm here in Vegas to see how many people can sit behind these machines for hours and hours without getting bored. Exactly. I, I don't understand this whole phenomenon of. Uh, being in front of a, a slot machine either but to each his own but let's talk about uh let's talk about airbnb yes uh, i'm an active user of, of uh, airbnb I love uh love their site and uh i've surfed actually most recently in sweden for a friend's wedding uh stayed in uh soder mom using airbnb and it was definitely a great experience a hands-on experience uh from that host uh, who gave me a first-hand perspective of uh, Stockholm, Sweden. And uh, I find it, whether I use it as a traveler and or host, um, it's definitely the right way to go. I mean, I definitely could uh, shell out the money to stay at a hotel, but I, I like that hands-on experience from a local host to give me the perspective of what a Stockholm, Sweden experience is. And uh, the same for when I have people in uh, New York City, I like to give them that authentic New York experience. I'm actually going to Stockholm in two weeks, coincidentally. Oh, nice. Uh, well, you definitely have to to visit uh, Södermalm and also uh, uh, Gamlestan, which is the old town of uh, Sweden. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I've been going there every summer, actually. Uh, it's, uh, it's one of my favorite cities. Definitely a beautiful time to be there in the summertime. Exactly. Yeah, in the winter time, it, it gets a little, uh, a little depressing, a little cold and dark. Cold and dark, exactly. <laughs> so, how long have you been hosting on Airbnb? I've been active since 2012, and um, I have some guests that will be coming from France later today, and I'm really excited about hosting them. And uh, 
giving them, a, again, a firsthand perspective of New York City. We might see some Broadway shows together, go check out some local jazz venues. Uh, I'll give them a firsthand uh, perspective on like uh, my favorite uh, restaurants. And um, I actually use a tool called Hostfully. And it's a great uh, tool that hosts can use uh, to advertise basically um, the need to knows about your pad and, uh, so to speak, your favorite uh, jazz clubs and or eating uh, places and our museums and so forth. Yeah. So I find that as, as a good, good tool, uh, hostfully. I re- recommend anyone to, to check that out. Well, <laughs> I know about Hostfully because I'm using it and they're also sponsoring this podcast now. So um, definitely uh, heard of heard of Hostfully. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your listing. Okay. Is it Are you renting out a room or a full apartment or house? Uh, I have a two-bedroom and uh, usually I have the second bedroom as um, active listing. Okay, and you're the type of host who gets pretty involved with your guests, like you spend a lot of time with them, you do things together? Yeah, I mean, if uh, the evening hours, uh, New York has quite the nightlife, so I'm more than welcome to to give the hands-on nightlife tour, whether it be a live jazz or uh, I'm a Lindy Hop dancer, so uh, I love jazz music and big band music, so like we'll go, I'll take them out uh, Lindy Hop dancing and you know, kind of uh, the social experience of being in a jazz club. What What is Lindy Hop dancing? Lindy Hop actually is a, a dance that was created in the ballrooms of Harlem in the 1930s and 40s, and it was named after Charles Lindbergh's Hop the Atlantic. And um, yeah, it's danced uh, throughout the world. There was a ambassador of Lindy Hop by the name of Frankie Manning, who kind of spread this globally. Uh, he would be equivalent to the ambassador of jazz, which uh, would be Louis Armstrong. And he was my teacher, and actually, he was responsible for a lot of these, this subculture, which is a swing dance culture. Let it be swing dancing. It's I'm a swinger, but swing dancing, not the other kind of swinger. And um, but yeah, so like it, he uh, he was responsible for creating the social dance, and actually, how it could relate to what I'm doing as a host, whether it be through uh, couch surfing or uh, Airbnb early on as a Lindy Hop or a swing dancer, we would open our homes to visiting dancers from Sweden, from France, from Germany. If we had like a festival, let's say like in Sacramento, California or San Francisco, California, we'd have people from Chicago come and visit and uh, they would say, Hey, like, you know, I'm coming in for the weekend for this dance festival. Uh, can we crash on your couch or can we, can you th- lay out some air mattresses? So very early on before Airbnb and before couch surfing, I would host or I would surf uh, different uh, cities. And, and that's why I made the world a much smaller place and um, I built friends around the world. So when I go to Sweden, France, Spain, uh, Germany, it feels very easy to acclimate myself into that city, even if I've never been there before. Very cool. And for the people who don't know what couchsurfing is, can you give a quick description? Uh, it's just a community. Uh, it's a really neat thing. It's actually a community-based um, organization that, that offers events like in each city. Let's say you pop in there. You're not necessarily looking for a place all the time to uh, or a couch 
let's say if I go to Stockholm, Sweden, uh, for instance, I have enough friends there where I don't need to like pop onto Airbnb and or couch surfing, even though I use my last two days, I, I, I uh, used Airbnb and stayed at a place in Södermalm. What's appealing about Couchsurfing is it's a community-based website where you can find out what local events are happening. Okay, like uh, there'll be community leaders that will have events like, hey, we're going bar hopping and they'll make a Couchsurfing event, which is cool. So like if you pop into, let's say, Paris for a couple of days and you don't have anything planned out and you're like, I wonder what's going on in Paris, you can pop onto the Couchsurfing app and you can see... Uh, what's going on uh, in Paris those two days. And maybe that there's another surfer that says, hey, let's meet up for coffee or drinks. Or there might be a, a bigger event meetup where you have like 150 people going to a Yankees game. Uh, I actually organize these kind of events in New York too, where I've uh, received 100 free tickets for the Yankees. And I've taken you know people to their first American baseball experience like I uh, just had one recently where, you know, I had to explain the game of baseball, which is kind of, you know, if you're growing up as an American, you, it's the fabric of your being. But like if you have someone from uh, like uh, Russia or Germany and or, or different countries, you know, they're more tend to uh, know something about soccer and then like to explain like a hit and run and or like a double steal or a full count, you know, can be challenging, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I was at a... LA Lakers game? No, not the Lakers. Dodgers. The LA Dodgers. I was at the I was at the game a couple of weeks ago in LA. And I spent <laughs> probably the first hour just asking my friend questions about, you know, what all those numbers mean on the screen, you know, the averages and like it's it's pretty complicated. Exactly. And I, I think that what uh I liked about hosting that event is uh it was actually a gathering again of all these different cultures and different countries. And it was more about the gathering rather than it was about the baseball game. And, and people were like laughing and joking and, uh, you know, having a drink or two and just, it was, it was a good time. And uh, how do you combine couchsurfing with Airbnb? I mean, as a user, I would tend to say that um, when I go into a different country and I'm using uh, either Airbnb and or couchsurfing, I like to just get that first hands-on experience. If I'm not familiar with the city, I was in Vilnius this year for a music and dance festival, and I decided to use Airbnb and and stay uh, with Airbnb hosts. And um, I mean, I, again, I, they were able to give me the first-hand perspective of Vilnius. And uh, I mean, I've already had some friends there that uh, were teaching at this uh Lindy Hop or Swing Dance Festival, so it didn't feel like I that I needed to to use Couchsurfing in order to find like uh, an event to do. But um, as a user, that's what I mainly use it for. Uh, uh, as a host, I tend to say that uh, I, I like to do the opposite. I like to give that firsthand perspective. You know, um, it's like reciprocating. If uh, someone comes into your city, you want to give them. You feel like you're an ambassador of uh, not only your city, but you want you're like their first experience. Uh, let's say if they've never been to America before, like you're, you want to give them a, a good feeling about uh, not only you and the city, but about your country. And there's a lot of pride that goes into that too. 
And just to be clear, Couchsurfing is, you know, it's not only a community, but it's also a platform where you can find accommodations, right? Like I tend to call exactly. it the, the Airbnb, but you're not charging. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying to uh, to understand how you how you combine it to uh, as a host. So, do you um, do you use Couchsurfing to fill up your gaps in your in your Airbnb calendar, or do you block off certain dates in your Airbnb calendar to to host Here, on Couchsurfing, or how does that work? That's a that's a great question, Jasper. I, and I and I think uh, when I get a really thoughtful email or message or, as a request. I definitely consider it like I, I get a million requests on, on couchsurfing for, for people to stay with me. And, uh, if it's really thoughtful and, uh, well-written, not like a cut and paste, then I, I consider it. And I'm like, Hey, you know, this person sounds amazing. And, uh, you know, I'd like to learn more about their culture. And I definitely, be, or I've been to this country before. And like, I feel like, you know, had such a good experience there. Let me, you know, uh, pay it forward and, and help this person out. And then the same thing that goes with the Airbnb platform, like I don't uh, accept every request. There's times where I, you know, I just have my whole space or my pad to myself and I'm happy with that. And I just kind of like look at each individual request separately and, and, and see if, if we're like a good match. And, um, and that's how I go about it. Okay, so you're really looking to connect with somebody. You're re really doing the Airbnb and the couchsurfing to meet new people. It's not necessarily uh, a, f a financial motivation for you. It's not a financial motivation for me whatsoever. Very cool, very cool. So you've been doing Airbnb since 2012, and yeah. you know you're you're in New York. Which which area was it? Uh, Lower Manhattan, which would be um, Lower East Side. Lower East Side. Okay, so yeah. I noticed. There's been some uh, some controversy over Airbnb. There's been a lot of, of uh, regulations that have been put into place, and I've heard about hosts getting shut down and stuff. Have the regulations affected you at all, or no? I mean, they actually haven't come into play, uh, so to speak, as they would in San Francisco. I, I think that the, there's a close eye on it. Um, and again, like it's not financially driven. Like if uh, they decide to to close shop here in New York, so to speak, I'll still continue to uh, use a platform like Couchsurfing to to meet people from around the world, and and I'm happy to to host. Okay, so you haven't had any uh, any problems so far, you with uh, with the authorities? No, not whatsoever. Okay, that's great. That's good to hear. Do you have any recommendations for people who are looking to start on Airbnb? Well. That's hard to say. Like, I think everyone is their own individual. It depends on what their expectations are. If they're financially uh, driven, um, I mean, I would say be very organized and like using a tool again, like hostfully, where uh, it makes it easy with one link to access uh, your Wi-Fi and or how to check in and uh, what the best public transportation to to get to your pad and and to the museums and. Uh, I think that just being organized is is half the battle, but then also like you have to have uh, a certain level of friendliness. Uh, you can't just do it and uh, expect um, to be successful if you don't uh, uh, treat it like your baby too. Like I mean, I always like to say it's like having a grandmother. You know, like uh, would you treat your grandmother bad, or, or or would you you know take the time and 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 care for it? So. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, since you're really looking for that connection, you know, one interesting uh, topic I think to talk about is when you have your guests staying at your house, uh, you know, some guests, they want their privacy and they kind of want, want to do their own thing. Whereas other guests, they're really looking to, uh, to, you know, to hang out with the host. How do you get a sense for, you know, what your guest wants to do? Well, I mean, I fill them out. I actually, um, I send them uh, a message saying, uh, you know, here are the highlights of a short list of my favorite things in, in New York. And, and they'll reciprocate like, oh, that's a, a great list. And, uh, you know, how much can we do in that short period of time? Uh, I was just recently in uh, San Francisco and I actually got called for jury duty and I deferred three times. So I thought, okay, well, better do the civic duty and go out there and do it. And uh, I was able to only do one day of jury duty. I had to make myself available for the entire week. So then I had a short impromptu uh, vacation in San Francisco. So I popped on to, um, you know, couch surfing. And then I was able to uh, connect with another surfer and we were able to, uh, you know, surf, do all the highlights of like Pier 39. And, and uh, we had a great time in, in San Francisco. And, and then she came uh, to um, New York City and we just continued on. And now we built this uh, lifetime friendship. So I don't know if that answers the question or if, if I kind of went off the beaten path there, but. What was the question again, Jasper? I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I get a lot of questions from uh, from listeners, and one question that pops up a lot is you know, people asking, "Hey, how much should I interact with my guest? Uh, how do I know whether my guest wants to hang out and do all sorts of things together, or whether my hat my guest wants uh, their privacy and kind of like want, wants to do their own thing?" Well, I'm an actor and dancer, so I just read the body language of the person and kind of like immediately when when you know we're not playing Pokemon Go and like. You know, on our uh, cell phones, we actually make eye contact. Uh, you know, half the time when you meet some people from Europe, it's it's really intimate. It's like you you don't shake hands. They, you know, the French kiss each other, and and uh, it's just like you you read the people's body language and and you see if they want that firsthand experience, or you just give them the key and they say, okay, this is what I've already have a plan, and this is what I want to do, and then you let them go off and do their own thing. You know, it's just. Each person's different. Do you also, when you filter, uh, when you select your guests, do you also have a, do you have a preference? Like do you, do you for example, uh, consciously choose the people that you think uh, will want to you know, have a more personal experience and, and, you know, build a friendship, et cetera? Yeah, be very careful here, because right? I'm I'm not the one to discriminate against any uh, guests that have come here. I've hosted, you know, several different countries and, and different cultures. So like, I really don't, uh, have a preference, but I do enjoy that connection. Um, you know, like, of course, like if someone is like, uh, a salsa dancer, we already have something in common because we do social dancing, even though I'm not a salsa dancer, I'm a swing dancer. It's interesting to like, Oh, okay. You, you're also a partner. You, you do partner dancing. So like, let's, you know, let's answer that email and, and see, um, you know, how we connect as, hosts and guests you know and i've hosted families and couples and and just day travelers it's just a mixed bag of chips yeah and i think it's you mentioned a good point actually because i always recommend that people on their profile uh describe as much as possible about themselves because you know from the perspective of the guest i think 
uh, the guests also can can think that way, you know. Like if you're, let's say you're like a, a scuba diver, and uh, you see in the profile of a, of a host that that person is a scuba diver as well, right? You know, and then uh, you know you're probably more likely to to be want to stay with that with that particular host. And so you know, having a an elaborate profile where you talk a lot about what your hobbies are, what kind of person you are, what, what are the things that you enjoy doing. I think that can also help to, you know, to make the, to create those meshes. I totally agree with you. I can agree with you more. I've tried a couple digital guidebook tools these past months and I've decided to use Hostfully. I use Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in town and my listing information. My guests' feedback has been great, they've used my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've included screenshots of my guidebook on Airbnb as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostfully.com pad. So let's talk a little bit about your experience so far. It sounds like you've had really good experiences with Airbnb as a host, as, as well as a traveler. Have you ever run into any issues or any uncomfortable situations? No, none of them come to mind. I mean, actually, I've, I've had nothing but positive experiences, knock on wood. So maybe you have some remarkable experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, each guest that, I, that I've uh, hosted and taught me something about their culture and their country and um, lifelong friendships. I mean, I've, I've been to uh, several countries and I've met with people I've hosted before um, over a cup of coffee and, or, you know, I'm, I'm a big postcard guy. I love uh, sending postcards uh, through the U S mail. You know, uh, when I was in Sweden, I probably sent off uh, close to a hundred postcards to uh, friends and family and, and previous people that I've hosted. You know, it's like pen pals too. I mean, you, uh, it's it's great. I, I enjoy it very much. What do you think about the future of Airbnb? Well, I think sky's the limit for that company. I mean, um, it definitely offers a a service that uh, that needs to be filled because uh, I like the interaction of uh, staying uh, at someone's home rather than a hotel, and then meeting people that can give me a first-hand perspective of their city. And uh, when I stay with, like, uh, super hosts uh, in the past, like, I've had great experiences, you know, where they'll have, like, a guidebook similar to Hostfully, maybe in their different way. Maybe it's a printed-out version. And uh, they were very organized, and I was able to, like, I was able to, like, see a whole, like, uh, city in, like, in three days, you know, just based upon, like, okay, these are the highlights. Stay away from this place, but definitely do this you know like in new york the one of the favorite things i love to do is to to take the east river ferry at pier 11 and that will run you uh between four and six dollars depending if it's a, a weekday or weekend and that ferry takes you on the east river underneath uh, the brooklyn bridge the manhattan bridge and the williamsburg bridge and it dumps you off into williamsburg so you have a gorgeous view of manhattan uh, i tell my guests uh Take this East River Ferry. Even people that I meet, like at a Starbucks, like I'll get in a conversation with uh, a Swedish family and said, "Oh, you know, I recommend you take this East River Ferry." So it'll run you like four bucks, but then it takes you under three bridges, 
And uh, tourists don't know about this because it's mainly used for a commute uh, by New Yorkers for to get to work from Williamsburg to Manhattan. But it's absolutely gorgeous, um, gorgeous view of Manhattan. And then, then I say, okay, once you're in Williamsburg, go to Bedford uh, Avenue and walk Bedford Avenue and, and get a bagel at Bagel Smith, a true New York bagel. And that seems to be like everyone that I've told to do this, they're like, that was the best like $4 I've ever spent in my life. And like, you feel like gratified that you're like, oh, I see, like I gave that person a happy experience of New York City. And it could be your cousin or your brother or your family members, but it can also be like people that you have just met. And it just makes the world a, a smaller place. And, and if you're lucky along the way, you'll build uh, some powerful friendships. Right. And those experiences are, are, are great because, you know, it's not just that you you get to see, you know, the best spots and in, in, in the best places in, in a certain city, but you also feel like kind of like, a little bit more special, right? You feel like, oh, I'm I'm doing something that not all the other tourists do. So I think that also contributes to the whole sort of experience that you have as a traveler. Exactly, and I, I expect that actually when I when I stay with uh, Airbnb super hosts. I mean, I, I've come to that uh, conclusion that the people that I've achieved, like super hosts, and are uh, they're doing it not solely for financial they're doing it because they love connecting with people and they love showing off their city that's what makes it special and that's what actually sets you apart from the next person you mentioned being organized as a as a host is very important are there any other tools that you use to help you manage your airbnb listing uh no no i i mean i find hostfully effective and uh i mean i don't use any other online tool okay yeah, there's a lot of them out there. Like there's more and more popping up. Uh, I I always get emails almost every week from uh, from new Airbnb startups. So it's like it's pretty interesting. I think uh, it's a very active niche right now. With lots of lots of stuff going on, and uh, people get pretty creative with uh, all the different tools that they uh, that are being created. Yeah, I mean everyone has to create a niche market, and I mean just. Uh, I just saw a great musical here in New York City. Uh, it's called Kinky Boots. And um, the premise was about a fourth-generation uh, shoe salesman, and they had to change their company and find a niche market, which were Kinky Boots. And uh actually took a surfer last night to see the show. And um, and here's another angle. Like someone that's coming in, whether it be if you're hosting for Couchsurfing and or Airbnb, they're not going to know – uh, the different discount websites to use, or like they're not going to know, oh, I can buy a $37 obstructed uh, box seat, which has full view of the Broadway show, which would be Kinky Boots we saw last night, for $37. Instead, they would probably pay $147 full price orchestra seat. And um, the person that I was hosting, her name is Annika, and she's from Germany. It was her first Broadway experience. And uh, she thought she was going to pay so much more. And, you know, just having that firsthand perspective, I was able to save her, you know, $100 extra. So, I mean, I like doing those kind of things too. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, Chris, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been really uh, interesting to hear your perspective. And, uh, you know, good luck with, with everything, with your uh, acting and your uh, dancing, your Airbnb and your crowd surfing. Yes, definitely. Thank you, Jasper. And if you come to New York City, I'd like to give you my first-hand perspective of 
Manhattan. Absolutely, I'll uh, I'll definitely let you know if I uh, if I pass by. And for all the listeners, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you back next week. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.